welcome to One on One, a podcast where we have real conversations at night, even though it's 5.26 p.m. And I'm Ali, and tonight I'm being joined by... Hello, I am Erin. I am Annika. And today we're just gonna answer the question, is it hopeless to hope? And I brought these two people here, Erin and Annika, because... I love. I just love talking with y'all. Like Annika, you know, I argue with you. I love it. <laughs> I argue with you so much. So it's good that you're here. And Aaron, a lot. You just, you just give me joy, okay? And no, because we have okay for Aaron's contact. Not argue as in like suntukan, but like we debate <laughs> about things because I'm um. It's interesting. Debate is good, honestly. Healthy discourse. At least you get that. Yeah. That's what this podcast is all about. Joke. But yeah. Yeah, we're just just gonna answer the question I said, hopeless to hope. And especially in regards to like the whole climate crisis, which is, it's just a lot. Most days, it's just a lot. And with that, you know, for you guys, what should people know about the climate crisis going into this conversation? I think... Probably what we need to keep in mind is like we're here like in the Philippines we're one of the most probably affected by the yeah. climate. If I remember correctly, we're like third in disaster risk in like 2015, I think. I don't remember, but just now we can already see like all of these effects of climate change and there's so much injustices today that are like happening due to it. What more in the future? And Possibly, you know, with all the rising sea levels because of the ice caps melting, a lot of, most especially here in the Philippines, we're probably going to be, like, drowned out by the rising flood levels. That's going to create such, like, an injustice. And, you know, with the whole scarcity situation that the economy is supposedly fixing, how are all these resources distributed? What if we run out out of all these, like, resources? What's going to happen next? That's going to cause such, like, an economic injustice? Will there be proper distribution on all of those types of things? Yeah. Right. Like, I like what you mentioned about sort of economic injustice because, I mean, it's not going to be the national government or corporations most responsible for it, which, by the way, like 25, just 25 producers are responsible for half of like everything we've contributed with economic injustice. It's people that are already vulnerable, that are already getting hit. I hope addressing whatever this problem mm. is, like, does it come at their cost? We need to make sure that, you know, yeah, they're being taken into consideration. But what about you, Annika? What do you think people should know about? Yeah, so like what Aaron said, climate change is a very big problem. It's very pressuring. But then there are also many perspectives into this problem, like... There's some people that don't believe that's the biggest and like number one mm. like problem that, you know, everyone should be focusing on. You know, it's just because of how things are and because of materialism, consumerism and all that stuff. We're just contributing a lot, like just more than you can mm. even imagine. It's it's scary. Yeah. I, I like your point about consumerism because honestly, in the society that we're in right now, we can't avoid consumerism. So that also sort of like brings us to the question like, 
how do we avoid consumers and how do we avoid like all of these companies when it's already oh, part of our daily lives, already. right? Right. So yeah. Like if we're already part of a system that contributes a lot to the whole climate crisis, um, what do we do? Like, we can't escape it. It's not. It's not a possible thing. And most of the time, people don't have the opportunity to be able to live sustainable lives. Like, yeah, uh, okay. solar you know, panels. Or yeah, solar panels. Metal straws. So yeah. Like metal. Like, right, even, like, metal straws. Do you think, like, someone who's trying to feed their family will buy, like, a metal straw? No. Like, hey, I, here's my metal straw, right? No, they're not gonna, like... like yeah. right. And we can't blame them. Right. We can't blame them for focusing more on, like, their needs. Because, I mean, if they don't focus on their needs, then they're probably, like, not gonna be good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, like, if you're worrying about putting food on the table, does it really matter what utensils or straws you use to put food on the table? So, like, really, the whole sustainability, like, just... But in that scenario, like, I don't think they can be held accountable because, like, number one, do they know it's a thing? And it's like, they don't have any other choice but to support their family. Mm. And supporting the exactly. family comes in, you know, packaged goods, of like you know water bottles sachets yeah yeah i mean okay i really love the points we just made there so okay with that since we sort of talked about we touched a bit on like individual action um i guess dissecting the problem would be are consumers more responsible for the climate crisis because mm. right we continuously support these fossil fuels i mean our electricity right now is probably coming from a coal plant you know our Cars are not electric powered, and I don't think there are any electric cars in the Philippines. Yeah, and like wrong, even if there is, it's still gonna come from the electricity. Super yeah. expensive. And also, right. like our country's predominantly poor. Like, do you oh, expect everyone to just like buy an electronic car? Exactly. Here's my electronic car. So yeah, I guess. What's your take on? Are individuals more responsible for it? Annika, what do you think about this? Well, obviously, we still do contribute to a degree, and we are in the system where there's a cycle like demand and supply. Mm. And as much as we want to, it's so hard to not have any contributions to climate change, like what we discussed. And it's also hard to point out who's mainly responsible because there are so many factors and circumstances involved but i'd say we're still responsible everyone is like being here on this earth sharing you know the same space and resources that we have to take into consideration our obligation and being conscious more of our decisions and like almost everything we do has a ripple effect and in terms of consumer decisions it's difficult to detach yourselves from waste gas and and electricity unless you want to move to the jungle but it's not the most comfortable choice to make for those of us that don't already live in the jungle but if you do live in the jungle <laughs> that's, that's great. great yeah please continue to and yeah i like what you mentioned about um basically everything you mentioned i mean I, I, this conversation is just like a bunch of young people just really really overwhelmed 
yeah. where we are um, right now. I think, like, sorry, this just ended my mind because you said young people. But then, like, we have to admit, like, most of us, like, we got, like, we're getting high school education, right? And most of the time we hear about this climate crisis, either through um, our schools or even because we have access to social media, you know, we can see it on, like, Twitter, YouTube videos, seeing all the effects of this climate crisis. But that also, like we have to keep in mind also um, people who probably don't have the same opportunities as us right. who might not even know about the climate crisis. Like, even if they knew about climate change, would they be able to connect this certain injustice with climate change? Or would they just think it's just an injustice that occurred? Yeah, Does that like, make sense? Yeah, like the typhoons. Since it's in a form of a natural calamity, people don't really see Yeah. How it's connected to like man-made products and stuff like that. Yeah, and sometimes like whenever flooding occurs, it's usually, oh, it, like most of the excuses are like we didn't the dam management for the whole like water dams oh, wasn't good enough. Blame it on that. When, yeah, I mean, to a degree yeah. sometimes yes, but also. Um, a lot of problems are exacerbated by climate change. I guess that also like sort of emphasizes the need of education, most especially here in like the Philippine context, right? Yeah. How about you, Ali? Yeah. What do you think? I mean, Aaron just kind of said everything, honestly, like in the episode. But I, like we found this sort of Harvard study that touched that around fifty nine point nine percent of Filipino people like didn't necessarily didn't know the climate crisis was an issue or like connected it to natural disasters yeah typhoons and all like it's really yeah. like they are they weren't as bad as this it's getting wild and you know with that i mean i guess you could say the philippines the philippines is pretty behind on climate change mitigation and all yeah. that and like it's there's a focus more on disaster risk reduction rather than, like, mitigation for climate change, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Not it's even, like... Ask the person in STEM, what are you about? Like, mm-hmm. sorry. Not even, like, disaster risk reduction. Most of the time, it's emphasized on more of, like, recovery. Like, they're gonna allow for oh. a flood to happen, and then we just smart on, okay, what can we do after that? And in we have this subject in STEM called disaster risk readiness management and basically um it emphasizes proactivity which is basically the whole like we should prepare for it before rather than after the whole disaster occurs ali didn't you i know i remember you showed me something related to this where the what uh, what do you call it the economic experts how it heavily impacts. Oh like, my god! Yeah, that's my favorite PDF. You should mention that. <laughs> yeah, like intra. Like I think what we're talking about right now is intragenerational justice. So that's just injustice right now. Mm. Like it's not just for future generations. And yeah, people uh, like those most affected by typhoons are those who sort of have homes that have poor infrastructure, really bad access to healthcare, access to information in time, especially what happened in the. Cagayan Valley, you guys remember that, like, they weren't able to evacuate, and therefore they had to, um, they just had to, it was really heartbreaking to sort of hear those recordings of 
People just, wow. And with that, I guess we kind of drifted a bit from what you're talking about. But, oh, I you, there's this really good um, episode from How to Save a Planet, which is, you know, with like a marine biologist. And mm. like in that episode, they sort of talk about how even if, a, for example, an average American were to do like the top five things to reduce your carbon footprint, so that would be like going <laughs> vegan. Footprint. Yeah, like if they were to do the top five things, that would only lessen the problem by zero point zero 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 zero. So little. Zero nine percent. Such a big percentage. So big, right? And like so impactful and. It just really puts into perspective, like, you automatically going vegan are not gonna change the world overnight, honey. I mean, yeah. Although, yeah. like, collectively, if you, like, encourage other people to be vegan, but I'm not vegan. But if you do, that's true. Like, it will decrease the demand in uh, meat. Yeah. I mean, okay. Like, we're, we're basically just repeating the points of this episode, but, like, of, I think it's called, Is Your Carbon Footprint? BS. What does BS mean? Uh, I know that. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, sorry. Lutang. Please don't include this. Please don't include this. Since Annika, you brought up about collective action, and I guess we also talked about how little individual action means. What about the producers? If people that are more vulnerable, don't necessarily have the means to take action on this, then how would you guys argue that, like, the 100 producers responsible for 75% of all greenhouse gas emissions, like, how would you argue that they're more responsible for the issue? Hmm. (laughs) Well. Go, (laughs) Erin. Okay. We can really say that a lot of corporations are responsible for, like, a lot of greenhouse gases and a lot of the parts of like this whole climate crisis but also transitioning away from our current system is difficult yeah because okay even if we say let's advocate for um taking these corporations down taxing these corporations but we it's hard to transition away from all these like fo- usage of fossil fuels to a more renewable source because most of our society right now relies on fossil fuels so of course that's sort of hard to do and um most of like these people working under these corporations still have people working under them yeah and i we can't just they would probably yeah we can just take away their jobs and get rid of all of like their wages right Uh yes exactly so yeah i erin like you brought up a really good point of like it's gonna not necessarily come like just taxing these corporations it's not gonna come at the cost of these corporations it's gonna come at the cost of the workers and like what education for climate justice like this sort of document by this economist called canber like he brings up the example of a carbon tax because mm-hmm. that's been a nasa solution but yeah when they implemented it it came at the cost of the income of the coal workers not necessarily oh. curbing oh. carbon production so there and it is sad it's like 
well, what now? So yeah. with you, Aniko, what are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, so it's, it's, yeah, like what you guys said, it's super hard to transition. And like, if they're not gonna initially, like initiate that change, those co- fossil fuel companies, then I, I don't know, like I just thought of, a, I don't know, something, an idea that the government can do. So I don't know, like maybe they can uh, provide subsidies in making for those companies to make a renewable energy plant and then slowly reduce cut down the production for the fossil fuel yeah for the fossil fuels and then like gradually increase the production of the renewable energy plants mm. yeah it's like we're gonna have to completely change the way our market works yeah. right now. So that's like a super easy task. Yeah, know. yeah. Three, three, three students can do it. Definitely. Oh, no, it's so market. easy. <laughs> Systemic change. Just add that to your to do list. Yeah. It's so easy. After my essay today, I'll just change, <laughs> change the, the world. <laughs> Great, amazing. So there's that, and like I also bring up this point of. The carbon footprint like I, I think ado was teasing me about this in the last episode but like and you know in 2014 this fossil called british petroleum actually launched one of the most deceptive marketing campaigns ever mm-hmm. and that's called the carbon footprint calculator and like from there they were to some extent they were able to shift responsibility to consumers rather than us so especially in classrooms or if you tried to research it, like what what can I do about climate change? The solutions you're most familiar with are being vegan, using mess, met, save the turtles, metal straws. Cause, 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 oh my gosh, what does that? What year is that from? Twenty nineteen, I think. Why is that so long ago? Yeah. But yeah, those are the solutions you're most familiar with. But like, we, it's not really gonna solve the problem. Yeah, and it's entirely. Yeah. Yeah, and like corporations, the heads of corporations most likely aren't also going to be solving the problem. Like, I think if they were necessarily going to solve the problem, they would have done it like years ago, also. Yeah, instead of you know marketing their way out of it, continue making up. But how do you guys think they should uh, like change their contribution to climate change? Right. The most hopeful, I think, would be like a gradual change because also completely changing overnight is going to affect so much people, right? Yeah. That's true. There are families to feed. But also, right? We have sort of like a time limit on the earth. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we have 10. The, the latest IPCC report is we have a 10 year countdown to, you know, just casually change yeah. the way our market works. Um, it decreased so encouraging. It 2050 before. Oh, guys. <laughs> yeah, but they they trimmed it down it's going to like faster 2050. than we thought. Yeah. Oh no! Of course. Imagine I mean, just just it would shrink country as as we sit here talking. Anyways, I guess like with our tone right now, I guess we can answer the question of our the title question of this episode. Is it? hopeless to hope it's it's definitely not hopeless to hope you know we don't want to just give up and watch humanity die just like throw uh, in the towel like, well <laughs> like we're we still, still we're still holding on you know for the future generations and yeah Obviously, so yes. even if like right now it feels like, like what can we do like, it's it's just so hard knowing that 
these you know companies are in control and the government they have a lot of power in changing the system so like like what can we even do i think also with the whole is it hopeless to hope um it's better to be able to say that you tried something and it's failing in the end rather than you never tried something yeah that's true and so um we had a webinar with attorney child yokna and i submitted the question that was like how can you keep advocating for something when most of the time it feels hopeless like with the whole thing like we're advocating for change but are we really creating that change and the thing that he answered me is that hope is like a candle keep that candle lit because everyone follows after and the whole night sky lights up it's such a like beautiful and like the imagery of it is so good and the message most especially is very impactful especially for us youth who honestly our whole future is dependent on whether or not we solve this problem right yeah yeah I guess, okay, like with that, let's talk about what are the concrete ac- concrete actions people can do in this, like, 10-year deadline. So, I guess for people that do have the privilege to act sustainably, Aniko, what would you recommend? Wait, like, you know, it's hard because we all love food and meat. So, like, for those that can't, yes. like, they really, like, it's just something that they really enjoy. Like, you know, you don't you don't have to cut it out from your entire diet and life you could just you know have little challenges or detoxes like having no meat every friday or something like that or limiting or like putting a budget to how much you spend because like everything we buy just has you know all that tiny contributions but it's still you know it still helps it's not useless in not doing it so we shouldn't Ooh. yeah we shouldn't just like pass on the responsibility totally to the, the government and expect them to solve everything that's thinking true. about the government <laughs> um <laughs> i think also we have when you talk to people like for example parents or even people of our own generation when you talk about a lot of these like injustices and this crisis that occurs right now most of the time it's just, like the reply is oh isang taon na lang yan for like the presidency and things will get better oh. after the right president comes so right <laughs> yeah but the thing is this whole for example in our context if we're waiting for change to happen in the next like uh presidential election we're literally wasting an entire year that could be used to advocate for change, right? Yeah. I feel called out, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it's okay to hope that a better leader will be able to respond better to the climate crisis because that's honestly very helpful if you have a leader that actually believes in climate change and thinks of it as like a very, like, issue that's prioritized, then that's going to lead your country to a better place, of course. But us as individuals within our country, we also can't just wait idly for that change to happen. 
we can still advocate for things we can do individual action and also like collectively organize to be able to organ like advocate for change or actually do concrete action for change and do whole i guess donation drives or even simple things that can help reduce the climate crisis right yeah no it's just like a weird we're in like a weird balancing act right now because Duterte has made so much claims of like climate justice is now really? you know like we would, like we know what do you call that thing where the the mudslides landslides are you talking about landslides <laughs> yeah you know the landslides like he's made public statements like explaining it to people like okay you know like if we continue to do mining it loosens up the soil and then with that people's homes are ruined like he's wow. made all of these public statements and you're like oh what, what's he doing? but then at the same time there's so much harassment to our indigenous people yeah. there's just continuous injustice like i mean towards people economically it's like where do you really stand so i think the whole waiting thing it's weird because i mean we don't have to wait at all but then at the same time i don't know we're just in a really really awkward place right now and i think huge public support really needs to happen and like i guess more concrete actions would be Like, I really want to do this soon. Like, email your groceries if they can have available, like, refillable options. Or email, I'm saying email because we're still in a pandemic with, like, 9,000 cases strong. So exciting. I just, I mean, talking about it with, like, your church, communities, your barangay, your village, your school, local businesses. So, Mm -hmm. it's... what can they exactly do and i mean making these spaces like right now we are making a space where it's okay for us to talk about this and i mean if you do have the power to like influence your schools to switch to rooftop solar or any of that go ahead like really you create these spaces these cultivate these conscious communities tying it back to our mission and act from there like Oh, so much of the time I am sleeping I mean not sleeping I am staring at the ceiling on my floor and it's like I'm so alone damn it no, no you're not alone okay yes. get creative artists are so important like make merch pins music scarves like rubbing alcohol bottles that tell people that hey this is an issue because and send it to the people that you think yeah. deserve to know about this issue. We have 10 years. So yeah, let's not get this going. Think it's like super yeah. serious, you know? It's like, yeah, climate change is a problem. But, like, you know, many people yeah. also don't know that it's affecting so many people right now. Yeah. And hey, it make help people mm-hmm. take that next step. Um, yes, also, like, I guess, step really step away from individual action. Really, like become a collective with the people that you know organize and all of that because as you said we're we're not alone in this fight this is like our earth it's not as if like hey this is my earth but yeah it's yeah it's like not yours it's like, but it's, it's just honestly mine. society 
I think we've like talked, yeah, we mentioned this about before, but society is made out of individuals. And when these individuals take collective action, that's when society can change. Right? Yeah, definitely. Yes. Just yet. With that, we've also ta- like we've also attached a document of all our sources in the description. So if you do want to like make sure everything we said is based on facts. Just check out the description and yeah, do you guys have anything else to say? Just continue fighting for the whole um you know, systemic change and all because eventually we'll get there, even though it's going to need gradual change. The history has proven itself that despite the whole quote that history repeats itself, you know, society still progresses over time. Mm-hmm. And I think this is still not the end for humanity yes we can still progress further than this and especially if we tackle the whole climate crisis right like when people invented tvs they were probably like wow it's just the most advanced technologies ever gonna get we made it but no here we are sitting with a literal pc just on your lap that you can open and close and cry because your photoshop is loading (laughs) but you know it works also another thing that's super important or something that that can hopefully change like i don't know maybe a politician's mind or like if if you encourage a lot of people and yourself to write letters i really want to do this we should do this soon guys and write letters. Any politician, like search, like make it scramble, and you know scramble the internet for the numbers or, or their email mm-hmm. addresses and message them about this issue and how, how it has to be solved now. Like you know, we really need everyone's help in tackling this issue. And also, writing to ambassadors, like they they have a lot of funds you know they just don't know where like some people don't know where where they can contribute so mm-hmm. yeah yeah greatly said but yeah with that guys what, what's up you know i've been, I've been wanting to tell this Annika, Annika it's has so else cool like in okay. copenhagen i don't know they had they have this machine factory whatever that converts trash into energy. It doesn't release any fossil fuels into the atmosphere. Like I really want, I really want that. It's so cool. You want the no, Copenhagen the mach- like machine? Something inspired by it. The one that, uh, what do you call this? The one that converts, it's an incinerator that burns trash and waste mm-hmm. and then turns it into energy. So it's solving two problems at once. Erin, do you have anything sorry. else to say? Um, based on what you said, like, if, for example, you have this skill that you have, or just this love for something, you don't necessarily have to be good in it. You just have to love something. For example, if you love the sciences, if you love the arts, try to use that to advocate for, you know, action towards climate change. If you're into arts, go research about how you can make um, biodegradable plastics. Or if you're into arts, maybe you can create like art pieces that you can sell so and then donate that proceedings to foundations, right? Yeah. You can do so much things with whatever you love and integrate a solution towards like, a, or not a solution, but a way to help the climate crisis using it, right? And with Remember, that, guys, I cannot find the double help. You have the potential to 
make that change happen. With that, thank you so much for joining in this episode. We covered a lot, and since you made it this far, please give us give one on one a follow on wherever you're listening on, whether that's Spotify. Please follow Thalo M N L. That's T H A L L O M N L on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And see you next Saturday. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.